the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Happy Monday and welcome to The Jenna Ellis Show. I'm Jenna Ellis and today we are going to be talking about the Omicron variant. What is in the news? What has Dr. Fauci said all over the mainstream media over the weekend? All of the fear-mongering from the left, what you need to know, and also my good friend Paul Jana from the Thomas More Society, where we are both special counsel, won a great, great victory in the Ninth Circuit of all places against a vaccine mandate that California is trying to impose on public school children. This is so absurd. So we'll get to all of that in a moment. But first, the Biden administration has caused a financial crisis and they have no clue how to fix it. Oil prices have skyrocketed. And when oil prices go up, not only do our expenses go up, but the cost of transportation and shipping spikes, leading the prices of good to rise. Not a good thing right before Christmas. And when we're already seeing record inflation, that is the last thing that we need. Our economy is in trouble, and we need to take steps to protect ourselves and our families. If all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, then you may be vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement and your finances. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable. Legacy Precious Metals is the company that I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely directly to your house. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903. That's 866-528-1903. Or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, the Omicron variant. First, this was hilarious to me that they skipped over the G variant, the XI, in the Greek letter alphabet, because apparently they don't want to have anything to do with the Chinese president. So when the WHO said, here's the new variant name, we're just going to skip over the letter XI. Uh, this was hilarious, and I thought it was so funny how uh, Don Jr. and a few other people posted on Twitter, um, all of them are the G variants, because this is the China virus. We can be honest about that. That was funny over the weekend. Uh, but what isn't funny is all of the fear-mongering around the Omicron variant. Um, this is something where I personally, and you know, of course, I'm not a medical doctor. This is just my opinion. But I'm highly, highly skeptical about the timing of all of these new variants 
And the reports when you have four people in South Africa that have mild symptoms that are basically a cold, this somehow justifies shutting down travel. Uh, New York City just announced a couple of hours ago that they are reimposing a mask mandate for all indoor locations regardless of vaccine status. You have all of these uh, just complete fear-mongering insanity from the left over four people who have mild symptoms. This is absurd. This is just showing how the leftists continually want to perpetuate a state of emergency so they can continue to suppress the economy and control you and me. That's all that this is about. We are in now an endless state of emergency that is unconstitutional. And the elitists, the establishment, and the executive branch will not give their power back unless we the people force them to. How are we doing that? Through standing up against these ridiculous mandates, refusing to comply, and litigating. And that's what uh, Paul Jono, when he joins me in a few minutes, is going to be talking about how there are so many cases now that are going through the judicial branch. And I hope and I sincerely pray that the Supreme Court, I do think that they'll have to deal with this, but I hope and pray that they will deal with this in the constitutionally correct way, and they will say, no, absolutely not. But what is Dr. Fauci saying? Well, he went on Face the Nation and a number of other cable news networks um, over the weekend, and this was also interesting in the face of uh, the trial for uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. That started today, of course, who was um, Epstein's uh, helper, uh, for lack of a better term. And none of the mainstream media is focused on that, right? She uh, is going through this trial, and now the media is not even allowed in the courtroom. Of course, our good friend um, Jack Posobiec is, uh, is tweeting about this and is bringing all of the updates. But the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about that. All they want to talk about is fear-mongering over this new quote-unquote variant. So Dr. Fauci was paraded out on all of the news networks over the weekend. And when lawmakers like uh, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz have called for Dr. Fauci uh, to step down and even be prosecuted over some of these things, um, and I think absolutely I agree with them that he should be. There should be more investigations, competent investigations, not from, you know, the crazy establishment that is now the FBI. Fauci, Face the Nation, said, scoffs at such threats, calling it noise. Here's his quote. He said, quote, they're really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous, unquote. Well, Fauci obviously believes himself to be a god and above any criticism or questioning. That's what's actually dangerous because true science, and by the way, any genuine religion, welcomes and even requires questioning. Science, of course, in this context, the secularists and the people like Fauci, are heralding as a religion, as ultimate truth. They aren't even defining science properly. Science and the scientific method is all about testing. It's all about theories and posits and making sure that as you continue to test and experiment, then you can discover the truth about the reality to which we're presented. It's not the science that is the ultimate truth. It is the method of getting to facts 
and getting to the truth. And we've seen throughout the course of human history that a lot of different scientists have posited different theories and hypotheses that they have perfected through the scientific method or they have disproven through the scientific method. There are a lot of things that humans and scientists used to believe that with better technology, better experimentation, uh, better, uh, better proofs and better data have been discovered as outright false. I mean, we can look at how scientists used to believe that uh, the Earth was the center of the universe. And then uh, they were scoffing at the scientists who said, well, no, wait a minute, maybe the Earth orbits the sun. And so with further data and discovery, then we have understood better the physical universe to which we are presented. But people like Fauci want to pretend that science is the ultimate truth and therefore whatever they claim to be true under the auspices of science, that then makes them infallible in their delineation of their doctrine and also the religious practices of science. So when they are forcing you and me and the rest of the world to undergo the sacraments and to continue to have boosters and to mask now and all of these different things that really have no basis in genuine articulable science and truth and data and meaning and rational basis. All they're doing is trying to force us to be part of a religion that they are calling science. So when Fauci says that he represents science, what he basically means is that he's a high priest of this new religion of the left that is trying to continue to coerce and control and ultimately usher in communism. That is the left's end game. And look at the people like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And there's no better example of this than what we just saw over the Thanksgiving weekend with Joe Biden implementing a travel ban from South African countries. So let's remember when President Trump issued a travel ban, he was called xenophobic, he was called racist, all kinds of other names, and there were tweets, there were videos that we all have where Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and the leftists claimed that he was obviously a racist for implementing the travel bans. Well, now Joe Biden is implementing the very same kind of travel ban. Why is he able to do this under the auspices of, quote unquote, this is necessary? Well, taking the leftists and the Democrats just at their word that they're being consistent, which we know they're hypocrites, but let's just take it as their claim of travel bans being racist and xenophobic. That's what they claimed. If they are consistent with that claim, they are willing to implement a racist, xenophobic travel ban just because they think that it's necessary to control you and me. So think about this. If you're a Democrat listening to the show, and I hope that you are, that we have a, a number of Democrats that are listening to this and, you know, reporters who like to slam the show, that's totally fine with me because you're actually listening to truth here. And that's a good thing. Think about this. The Democrats are willing to do things that they themselves claim are blatantly racist just in order to maintain their power and control over you and me and impose their mandates at will and at whim. This is how far off the rails the Democratic left has gone. They don't care anymore about anything. They don't care about Joe Biden's tanking poll numbers. 
I said this on Newsmax at the end of last week uh, when we were talking about Joe Biden's poll numbers and how in the midst of all of this, he then goes and spends Thanksgiving in Nantucket at a billionaire's residence. I mean, how completely tone deaf is that? Well, it's obviously tone deaf because the left doesn't care about we the people. They don't care about the voters. They don't think that they need to have job approval. Why? Because they were playing for keeps in the 2020 election. They now refuse to do anything according to the law, according to the U.S. Constitution, and they will not, under any circumstance, give up their power. They continue to use these variants to usher in yet the next iteration of why the emergency has to continue and why all of their mandates and anything that they want to do, even their own admitted racist, xenophobic travel bans, are necessary. They are going to continue this unless we the people stand up and we say, no, you are not doing this. We are revoking our consent. How do we do that? Through election integrity, absolutely, through elections, and then also through lawsuits. So coming up, we're going to talk to my good friend Paul Jana, who is who won this remarkable victory in the Ninth Circuit, and we need to have more cases like this. He and I and a lot of other really, really good lawyers are fighting these vaccine mandates. Um, they're fighting for individuals to have religious liberty exemptions, and we need to continue to talk about this. Don't be silenced. Continue to question everything. Continue to question why Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all of these leftist state leaders as well can continue to have these unended emergency powers when that is fully against what the law requires. But before we get to that interview with Paul, you all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Mike has an amazing offer for my listeners on his standard MyPillows. You will receive a standard MyPillow regularly $69.98, now only $19.98. You will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as MyPillow towels, mattress toppers, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to receive Mike's MyPillow standard pillow for just $19.98 or call 1-800-564-8475 and use the promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. This is great to stock up for the holiday season. Give your family the gift of MyPillow. Use promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. And joining me now is my very good friend, Paul Jana, who is also a colleague of mine at the Thomas More Society. We are both special counsel, and Paul won an amazing emergency injunction yesterday in the continued efforts to combat these ridiculous, overreaching COVID uh, vaccine mandates. And so, Paul, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jenna. Yeah, this was amazing. So um, you had texted me your your tweet and everything that you posted on social media. And by the way, follow Paul at Paul Jonna, it's J-O-N-N-A, on Twitter, on uh, all of social media to make sure that you get all of these updates from him. But uh, the Ninth Circuit granted a San Diego Public School student emergency injunction just yesterday. So what is this case about? And this is an amazing victory, especially from the Ninth Circuit. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. So basically, you know, California is one of the, actually was the first state and the, to my knowledge, the only state that's issued a statewide vaccine mandate for school children. Um, but the San Diego Unified School District went a step further than even California. They issued their own mandate on their own authority purportedly 
and their mandate doesn't even include religious exemptions. All it includes is medical exemptions, a variety of uh, deferrals for different categories of students like homeless, uh, migrant, uh, military family, disabled with an IEP, and and a nine-month deferral if you're pregnant. So there's a, a lot of secular exemptions to the mandate, but there's no religious exemptions. Even Governor Newsom, I think, for his statewide mandate is, for the time being, going to be offering personal belief exemptions under their current framework, which is all um, called into question now with this ruling last night. But in any event, my point is it's an outlier, and um, there's no science justifying a mandate on on school children. But setting aside the science, the law – as we know um, from recent Supreme Court rulings and even prior ones, is that if they're going to – they have to treat religious activity at least as good as comparable secular activity. And lots of people have strong religious objections to the current COVID-19 vaccines, which were all either made or tested using aborted fetal cell lines. And our clients, a pro-life, devout Christian, takes her faith very seriously, an amazing young woman who plays two sports. She's being told – under this mandate that if she has religious objections, she has to engage in distance learning. She's not welcome to come to school. She has to withdraw from sports. However, if she's pregnant, if she has a medical exemption, or if she's one of the preferred categories of students that get deferrals, she can come to the school unvaccinated, spread the virus, and, um, well, you know, there's no need for her to withdraw from sports or anything. So clearly, Treating people of faith, again, as separate but equal, essentially. Like, you you know, you can object to the vaccine on religious grounds, but you have to stay home. Whereas if you have a, a other grounds for objecting and not getting vaccinated, you're welcome to come to campus. So undermining their interest in supposedly keeping the school safe. And if they had decided to, for example, say that any unvaccinated person has to do distance learning, that'd be a different case. But what they're saying is that the only people that have religious objections are not welcome here. So, Which makes uh, no sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, if, if their whole point is to say we're trying to keep people safe, then the virus doesn't distinguish on what basis you are objecting to taking the vaccine. So this, this makes absolutely no sense. And it's, again, why California is absolutely crazy in how they're trying to implement this, and they have preferred status over another. I mean, and I've been following also um, Governor Newsom apparently sought a court order to have his own uh, union donors exempted from the vaccine mandate, yet he's trying to push this on California by his emergency order still. I mean, it's it's absurd. Well, it's the same thing we saw with the church closures. I mean, basically, as everyone remembers, and as you remember being involved in the cases, Jenna, they were leaving all the retail stores open, but they were closing down churches. So, I mean, they were they only came into compliance with the law after they were forced by court and after they had to pay, I mean, upwards of, I think, close to $3 million in fees just in our few cases. So the point is they're going to keep on violating the law, violating the constitution unless people stand up and file lawsuits and and resist the tyranny because it's I think if they had it their way churches would still be closed today. So um Absolutely. They they would and they would be on total lockdown and they would have pushed this as far as they could under the auspices of quote unquote science when we saw in the church cases they didn't want to put their health uh, officials on in under deposition because they know that they can't justify anything that they're doing. And so even under this quote-unquote science, it's just a way to selectively prefer one category of persons over another. This really isn't about keeping anyone safe. It's about and there's, control. Right. And there's no science whatsoever that justifies a mandate on school children. I mean, we have preeminent medical experts in this case 
who basically said, yes, high-risk kids should talk to their physicians, and if they want, if their parents and the doctor want to have them get the vaccine, there's, that's perfectly fine. But to mandate it across the board on all children, where they don't mandate the flu vaccine, when the flu is considerably more dangerous for children than COVID, apparently, um, it makes no logical sense. There's no rational basis at all to just to justify a, a blanket mandate on kids who are, who do exceptionally well with this disease. Thank God. So, um, so anyway, the 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 ruling, which is an extremely rare thing to get an injunction pending appeal, the trial court, uh, without even a hearing, denied the request for an injunction, which we kind of expected, knowing the judge. And then it went all the way up to the Ninth Circuit on an emergency request, and our panel. Um, uh, just late last night, decided to issue an injunction. We don't have the full ruling yet. We don't have the benefit of all their thinking and the reasoning behind the ruling. We have a short order granting the emergency request for injunction. And so we're pleased with that, but we, we think the fight's not over, but this is a major, major victory for now. Yeah, and especially coming from the Ninth Circuit, I mean, an injunction is an extraordinary measure and other attempts for injunctions against mandates um, have failed, unfortunately. And, and it's great to see that lawyers uh, like you and like the Thomas More Society are still fighting these. And in the um, in the brief order that did come down from the Ninth Circuit, um, it was interesting. And you even highlighted in uh, your social media post, um, Judge Ikuda, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, who was concurring in part and dissenting in part, said that um, they would keep the injunction in effect until the San Diego school district ceases to treat any students, not just pregnant students, seeking relief from the vaccination mandate for secular reasons more favorably than students seeking relief for religious reasons because any vaccinated student attending in-person classes poses the same risk to the school district's interest in ensuring a safe school environment. So, I mean, this is shockingly logic from yeah. from the ninth circuit right yeah so the the the, the there was a three judge panel and two of the judges kind of focused on this pregnancy exemption we don't know exactly why they focused on that but i i have some you know i have some theories but um but this third judge the one that you just quoted she focused on just basically i think her position is that any exemption secular exemption would justify triggering strict strict scrutiny and that therefore there should be religious exemptions as well which is the law as we understand it which is what i think the supreme court will ultimately do so the 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 grounds for the injunction seem to be narrower than what they should be but we're confident that as this case you know goes through the different procedural mechanisms that the ultimate holding will be and should be that if there's going to any one of these eight exemptions that they have right now uh, alone, not just the pregnancy one, but any one of them would justify triggering strict scrutiny here. And uh, they did have to also recognize religious exemptions in that situation. So, um, which makes sense. And so I guess the next logical question, of course, that, you know, listeners probably have is, okay, so what's to stop them then from just saying, we don't want we're just going to not have any exemptions at all. They would never do that. I mean, it's a, that's something that the trial court said too. Um, they're required by law to have medical exemptions. I mean, you can't inject someone with a with with a vaccine that we know that a doctor will say with certainty will either kill or seriously harm someone. So they couldn't do that. They 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 could say that anyone with a um, with a that chooses to remain unvaccinated for any reason has to study from home. So I guess they could do that. Um, and that would probably still be problematic in, in many different ways, but um, that would be a neutral way of addressing this. But what they're doing here is they're saying that if you 
have a medical exemption or any other exemption, you can come to school. But if you have a religious objection, you got to stay home. So there's a lot of different ways this can play out. But but to be honest with you, the most logical, the most uh, the most practical, the one that makes the most sense scientifically is, well, first of all, there shouldn't be a mandate. But if there is going to be a mandate for kids, then they should they should uh, they have to comply with the with the Constitution, which is another law that they're unfortunately refuse to um, seriously consider. But they have to they have to offer religious objections to these vaccines. So um, it's not really a complicated process. Other states do this. California is one of five states, by the way, that doesn't have uh, religious object- exemptions for, for school children. They, they did away with it in 2016. I think this case will sort of undo that framework, but they're, they're, a, they're a holdout state, like they were with the church closures. They're, most states recognize religious exemptions to vaccination, except California and a handful of others. So. Right. And, and that actually goes into to my second follow-up question, which is a lot of people are asking, uh, where are we at? We meaning, you know, lawyers and advocates in general who are pushing back against this. Um, a lot of the work, obviously, that the Thomas More Society does is specifically with the religious exemptions, um, given the nature of the nonprofit. But where, where are we at in the state of the law that we're not just attacking the mandate in general, um, because a lot of people are saying, why even have to have an exemption? The mandate itself is unconstitutional. So there's, as I was doing research in this case, there's a long uh, body of developed law that, you know, at least in the school context, but you're talking more broadly, but that, that upholds, you know, mandatory vaccination in schools. And, um, it's a, so I think that, that would be tough to undo at this point. Um, but as far as the authority for mandates more generally, I think we like we're seeing, as you know, that the Fifth Circuit stayed the the Biden mandate. Um, lots of other mandates have legal challenges. I think that courts are going to have to sift through these, and the Supreme Court's going to have to ultimately get get involved. But I do think we have, you know, despite some criticisms from some of the justices you know, about some of the justices, which are legitimate, I think we do have. A majority that will that will resolve this in, in you know in a good way. I think this this whole idea of vaccine mandates. They haven't done it yet. There's another case that Thomas More Society have that has that's pending at the Supreme Court as we speak. We are, we're expecting a ruling sometime this week. I'm not directly involved in that case, but um, it's a healthcare worker case where there's it's been fully briefed. I think and we could get a ruling sometime soon. Um, so, but my point is, I do think we have the the right. Um, justices right now to get a good ruling. As far as how to attack this more broadly, uh, there's different legal theories. I think that, as you said, we're focused on the First Amendment issues and making sure that if there's going to be mandates, they should at least have religious exemptions. So... Right, and I agree with you, and that's um, that's that's good to know your perspective on this as well. Uh, that that the Supreme Court is going to have to ultimately take this up, and I do think that they will, um, in a broader sense, uh, they will come down on the correct side that federal mandates are unconstitutional. We haven't seen uh, that even attempted by the federal government. Um, as far as other types of vaccine mandates, I mean, this is where, you know, a lot of what people see on social media, a lot of what people uh, look at on, on Twitter isn't as complex as the actual issue. And so when people are talking about this, it's important to understand, like you just said, that there is um, a long line of case precedent for some type of uh, vaccine mandate in schools, but how that um, has played 
laid out in terms of exemptions, religious exemptions, other accommodations under um, even the ADA, some of those types of things. Um, those those things, there's a lot of uh, precedent already. And so it depends on the type of mandate and the type of scenario that we're contemplating. And so for a lot of people, it's not just as easy as to say, oh, no mandates or all mandates are okay. That's way too simplistic. And so that's why lawyers um, like Paul and like the Thomas More Society and uh, like me are act, are attacking these in different ways and also trying to help different clients um, see what is the best way to attack uh, their specific issue and make sure that they get a resolution that's the most favorable. And ultimately, like in this case, uh, Paul, with your student, client. Um, obviously, she just wants to be able to continue to play sports and continue to be um, a kid going to school. And that's something that, you know, you'd never think would happen in America that we're having to contemplate things like this. I mean, I get um, calls and emails daily from people who are concerned about losing their job. They're saying, you know, Facebook posts, all of these things that they're saying, um, you know, my religious exemption has been denied. Um, I'm aware of, you know, a lot of people that it's their uh, their business or their employer is just saying blanket, no exemptions whatsoever. And that is unconstitutional. And so um, in just the last few minutes we have here with you, Paul, um, talking about the Thomas More Society uh, specifically, you know, this is, we're both special counsel with Thomas More Society. So, um, you know, full disclosure in, in that way, but um, they have been focused on First Amendment issues and religious liberty exemptions specifically. And um, this is important for people to understand that there are attorneys out there that are fighting these. And so if you're in a situation where you may have a case um, like this young girl at public school, uh, like someone who has an employer that has just a broad absolute no. Um, the Thomas More Society has been able to help some individuals. So you can go to thomasmoresociety.org, um, and there's actually a tab at the top for legal help. Um, but but the Thomas More Society, Paul, has been very involved in these with a lot of success. Yes, they have. And there's actually a specific page devoted only to vaccine-related inquiries with a ton of um, helpful links and resources. It's, it's under vaccine mandate legal help. And uh, there's a, a video of a webinar that we did. But beyond that, there's lots of uh, legal summaries and different sample forms. And, um, you know, it's a great resource. So I, I would encourage we've helped a number of people get religious exemptions. We can't keep up with the calls are overwhelming. Um, but there is a there is a team, as Jenna said, um, we're part of, but there's a lot of other lawyers across the country that can help that know other lawyers. And so it's a good network. They're doing amazing work. I mean, they're brilliant lawyers, winning cases. Um, you know, Jenna and I and lots of other lawyers have, have been um, winning cases in California and elsewhere. And, you know, these are winnable victories. It just requires people to stand together. And, and um, you know, I, I do think it's an organization worth supporting and uh, learn about the different victories we've won just in the in the last year. It's pretty incredible. Thanks be to God. But um, yeah, it really yeah. is. And to see that you know the Thomas More Society is standing up and helping people in the midst of you know, this last uh, two years that it continues to be a battle, and we're seeing California specifically uh, pushing that envelope and continuing these outrageous uh, mandates that don't even have religious liberty exemptions and. You know a lot of other things, but uh, but we'll look forward to continuing to follow this case. I know you have another interview coming up, Paul. But um, what what is the next step for this particular uh, public school San Diego district case? Well, I think that if I, you know if the school district really should just 
add religious exemptions to their mandate and then um, and you know minimize their exposure because at this point they're already on the hook for a massive amount of attorney's fees incurred thus far um they should comply with the law but if they choose not to which you know which may be the case then i think we're going to get a really strong ruling that'll establish broad precedent not just statewide but possibly nationwide on this issue um and so the next step is to read the Ninth Circuit's full ruling, which we haven't read, and determine how best to proceed. But ultimately, you know, either the full Ninth Circuit panel on Bonk or maybe the U.S. Supreme Court will need to weigh in on this issue. But for now, I, this is a major victory. Our clients are very pleased, and uh, we, we're, we're very grateful to God. That's great. And we'll be looking for that ruling uh, to come out within, hopefully, you know, within the next two days um, and, you know, the next few days. And we'll be following this with you, Paul. Uh, Paul Jana, who is uh, counsel with uh, Lamondre and Jana out in San Diego. You guys are great and also special counsel with the Thomas More Society. Look forward to keeping us updated on this case and uh, best of luck and may God go with you. These are really important cases. Thanks for Thanks. joining me today. Thanks so much, Jen. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. All right, I got you out with one minute to spare. All right. No, that was was perfect. Thanks. All right. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.